0: All right, so let's bow our heads and then we'll get into it. So, dear Lord and Heavenly Father, thank you for bringing us together again. Um, I pray that through this study, you can help us to learn something new, uh, maybe dig a little deeper um, and really get to grips with, with things that you're, you're trying to teach us for our lives. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Okay, guys. So, as you know, I didn't really have a title today, but um, maybe we can figure it out at the end. Um, But we're going to Matthew 25. So turn your Bibles to Matthew 25, and we're going to start
1: reading from verse 14.
2: For the kingdom of heaven is as a man travelling into a far. One sec, one sec.
0: Before we start reading, let's do a little um, let's do a little background. You know, like doing, doing context. So, where where are we currently in in the gospel story?
3: Chapter twenty-five, Bob. Um.
0: Yeah, where are we in the gospel story?
3: We're at the point where Jesus is um, impressing people with his stories at the moment. Um, he's been traveling around and he's been telling these parables and all of this stuff. And the scribes and Pharisees and Sadducees have been a bit techie. They've been a bit on the edge with it. But no mm. one's been willing to challenge him at the moment. And now, I think in this chapter, this is where they come a bit more serious about it because they've realized how much influence he's having right
0: cool yeah so you all think right we're in chapter 25 and and by chapter 28 the whole thing's finished right so you gotta think right we're coming to the end of jesus's ministry um literally the next chapter on is when you start seeing the plot um to to kill jesus and you have judas and and all the rest of it um you know, and then you know, you go into the guy. So we're like right at the end of Jesus' ministry, and these are the last kind of few parables that he's given. And the parables are generally either about like getting yourself ready last time, last days, or what's gonna happen after his death, right? And that's what, where this this parable falls into, yeah. So let's read through the whole parable and then we can kind of um pick out bits. I will say, right? We did have a study before on um, on spiritual gifts, right? And this is this is a link to that. So this is almost like a um, a part two of the spiritual gifts discussion, but kind of from a slightly different angle. So, um, yeah, let's read from verse
2: fourteen. Okay. For the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country, who called his own servants and delivered unto them his goods and unto one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, to every man according to his several ability, and straightway took his journey. Verse 16.
3: Then he that had received the five talents went and traded them with the same and made them other five talents, and likewise he that received two he also gained another two.
0: But he that had received one went and digged in the earth and hid his Lord's money. And after a long time, the Lord of those servants
1: cometh and reckoneth with them. Verse 20.
2: And so he that had received five talents came and brought other five talents, saying, Lord, thou deliverest unto me five talents, behold, I have gained beside them five talents more. His Lord said unto him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant, thou hast been faithful over a few things, I will make thee ruler of many things, enter thou into the joy of the Lord.
3: He also that had received two talents came and said, Lord, thou deliverest unto me two talents, behold, I have gained two other talents beside them. His Lord said unto him, Well done, good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord.
1: Verse 24. Then Thank which you. he had received, the one
0: talent came and said, Lord, I knew thee that thou art hard man, reaping thou which thou hast not sown, and gathering where thou hast not strawed. And I was afraid and went and hid thy talent in the earth.
1: Lo, there thou hast that is thine. Verse 26.
2: His Lord answered and said unto him, Thou wicked and slothful servant. Thou knewest that I reap where I sowed not, and gather where I am not sure. Thou always thought therefore to have put by hold thou therefore to have put my money into the exchanges, and then at my coming I should have received mine own oh, with you three. Take therefore the talent from him and give it unto him which have ten talents, for unto every everyone. That have shall be given, and he shall have abundance. But from him that have not, shall be taken away even that which he has. Last
4: verse. And cast ye the unprofitable servant into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Cool. All right. So
0: let's go. Let's go back to the first verse, right? What do we
1: know from the first verse?
3: First 14. From the first thing, we realised that it's not a simple thing to get to heaven. There is more than just listening and learning. It's a whole journey that you've got to take.
1: Okay, interesting.
3: Hmm. Well.
1: Wow.
2: I think um here again we try we see that Jesus making it relatable to the um to situations that happen on earth so that people can understand it more.
0: Cool. So as we said before, right? Parables are is wisdom from heaven, yeah. So mm-hmm. as Amber is saying, he's using these parables as a way to communicate almost things that cannot be communicated.
1: Yeah.
0: Um it says in the verse 14, right, who, call, um, who called his own servants, right? So a man um, travelled from a far country who called his own servants. What's the, what's the um, significance of the fact that he called his own servants?
3: It's the people that are underneath him that um, he's trying to, I think he's trying to prepare them, I guess, kind of like how parents pre- try to prepare their children for the world.
4: Cool. I can right. jump on that as well and say mm-hmm. that, like, it was significant because they were like known to him They're not strangers that he dragged out on. The, you know, um, the Bible sometimes talks about like the um the good shepherd and then the shepherd for hire. But these mm. are like servants that he got in for the job. These are servants that have been his ride or dies for a while. Right? Mm. Cool,
0: right? So we know that these guys are they're, they're in they're Christians, right? So it's not like they're they're just next man on the street like they know about they know about the lord they know about everything like you would expect them to know what they're doing they're his own servants they spend time with him they know how he likes his things done like we will read in a minute the fact that they actually know like they start describing what kind of master he is so like there is some knowledge there like we can expect them to be um if we take it in modern context christians right
1: okay okay so what happens
2: from there on in the man gives uh these servants like portions of his wealth. So he gives cool. one five,
0: one two, and one one. Cool. All right. So the man is going off on a journey. And he needs people to handle his estate, right? And obviously, like, I don't know how much a talent is, but maybe it's quite a lot. Because, you know, the guy seems to only have, what, eight talents. So maybe a talent is a lot.
3: But anyway. right? So he gives one, yeah. I was going to say, I think of it like, currently, like, look at, like, Jeff Bezos, the Amazon guy, or when Steve used to run Apple and things like that man wasn't actually there creating every single iPhone himself meticulously going through each part, but he would give the the he'd give the CPU to someone who knows about microelectronics he'd give the frame to someone who looks at aesthetics you get me he gives to each person what he knows they're capable of dealing with in it I like that because he's not just giving them, like, a finished thing. He's giving them something to be developed. Exactly. Because this whole Christian journey is a whole development, you know? Cool.
0: So, perfect, right? So, you've got that from verse 15, yeah? It says, according to his, um, his several ability," right? So, he gave the man five talents because he knew you could handle five talents. He gave the next man two talents because he knew he could handle two talents. And he gave the next man one talent, yeah? And he said, yeah, look,
1: here you go. Like, deal with it wisely, and he took his journey. Yeah, now what happened? What happened next?
2: The first two servants were wise of it and doubled their portion, and the cool. other one buried it. Right, okay, cool. So, the first so, one, let me just jump in. Yeah.
1: Sorry,
4: yeah, good.
0: There's it. an
4: interjection here um i was just asking daniel do you guys think that you know mr five talents had had a chance to prove himself before and mr the kind of two talents so I had a chance to prove himself before and um you know maybe mr w- I'm, I'm just wondering you know maybe this was from experience and what the master knew of his servants and knew what they was going to handle but then even still like, maybe Mr. One Talent hadn't had that opportunity or hadn't used the opportunity to prove himself before. But we could maybe kind of say, ah, oh, the master's still giving him a chance, you know? Mm. I think it's
0: definitely safe to assume that the master knew their abilities in it. So, likely that he had seen them like work on his land or whatever kind of things they were doing as servants. Um, and he knew their abilities so when he gave the man five talents it's obviously the fact that he knew that he could handle it which must mean that he had previous experience with him yeah so the the fact that all his servants suggested that they all kind of had some kind of experience with him maybe the one with the one talent has the least experience hence why he had one talent i don't know but yeah possibly right okay so yeah as amber said the man with five talents, he invested his money wisely, came back with double portion. Right? Man with two talents, invested wisely, came back with double portion. What did the, what did the one with the one talent do?
3: He was afraid of getting it wrong. And this is, this is a big point I want people to understand. He was afraid of getting it wrong, so he hid it in the earth. Like, there's nothing wrong with trying, in it, Like, God is going to support you if you try to live your life according to him. However, if you're too scared to take the step to say, oh, Bridget, listen, the other day I was talking about Jesus. Your friend may not know about Jesus. He may not be the one to interact with you like that. However, you take your opportunity there and you never know 10, 20, 30 years down the line, that could be a whole family that you've ended up saving. But the fact of the matter is, Man was too afraid to try and put this into action. And I think we get like that sometimes.
0: Agreed, right? Hit no one in the head, right? The guy was too afraid. That's what it says, right? It says, I was afraid, so I went and I put the talent in the earth.
1: Yeah? And then what does the master say when he says that?
3: At this point, I don't think the master was saying he was wicked and slothful because of the fact that he put it in the earth, but he was more so saying he was wicked and slothful because of the fact that he didn't attempt anything. Hmm. Like, as God says in his word, there is nothing that we can't achieve if we're doing it with Jesus, in it? But he forgot it's like the disciples that we were saying the other day when they crossed the Sea of Galilee. They had the whole madness in the middle of the storm. They realized Jesus was there. Yet when they got to the land and they see this man running out of the tombs, they ran away again.
0: Mm. Agreed, right? So so, so then what happened? So so he dug. He told the master, here's your one talent back. All right? You gave me one talent. Here's the same talent you gave me back has a bit of dirt on it, but it's still good. Um, and I dug I was afraid to use it, so I just put it in the ground and there here you go, here's it back. Right? And he says this thing, he says, um I I I knew that thou art a hard man, reaping where thou hast not sown and gathering where thou hast not strawed, right? So somehow the 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 the, the servant almost comes to the master happy. Here you go. I, I know. You, I know you don't like risk, so here you go. Here's, here's, the, uh, here's your one talent back. What does the master say to tell him? Tells him to that you're wicked and slothful, right? As Daniel said. What happens after that?
2: His one talent gets given to the servant who has ten.
0: So <laughs> the servant takes the talent
1: off the one, off one servant and gives it to the other. So now the other's got eleven. And he's got nothing. Yeah. So what is this? What's the story trying to say?
0: What's the What's the whole moral of the story that Jesus is trying to give them?
5: Um,
3: I don't know. I'm just gonna bring this to the table, and Reese, you might have a better understanding of it than some of the rest of us here. Um, we've read this book, obviously, um, How to Win Friends and Influence People for for our book club this month innit
1: mm.
3: and I feel like the servant when he was saying about I see that you reap where you haven't sowed and gathered where you haven't strawed yeah I think he's referring to this at this moment he's not saying particularly that the master is a bad person but the master knows how to get around him people who may be cleverer than him at other things in it so therefore he's gaining from it he's not just losing mm. And then he goes to the extent of he said, You ought us to take my money to the exchange, at least make a little bit back in it. Like, you try, as long as you try, there's a chance of succeeding in it.
0: Hmm. At least, like, at least put it in a bank and get some interest, you know? Exactly. Um, it in the ground, put it under your batches, whatever. Yeah, right? Mm. But what's, what's like, what's Jesus, what, what do you think Jesus was trying to tell the people?
1: Especially the disciples at this time? But all the people were following him.
0: Think you were listening to the to this story back then, and we know what kind of period we are in in Jesus' ministry. What do you think Jesus' like overall message
1: was? Who's the who? Okay, let me let me help you guys out. Who's the Lord?
0: The the Master. Who's who? Who represents the Master? christ christ right and what happens to the master
4: oh my gosh he's he's going
3: on a journey oh my gosh i just seen this point this is the whole thing of when he's gone back to heaven and the holy spirit's come down and everything oh oh my yeah right that makes sense now that makes sense
0: yeah let's break it down right so the master is jesus right he's going where
3: That's very true as well. Ruben just pointed out to me that it was saying in verse nineteen, after a long time, he returned, didn't it? Like mm, technically,
1: the day of
4: reckoning, he comes back to reckon.
3: Well, man said we it himself, in it?
4: You guys are jumping
0: jumping around too much. Let's like give me, give me like break it break it down.
3: <laughs> like we're the
0: start, they were going like break it down. Like come from the start and give it to me.
4: All right, so um, Daniel made a good point. So we're at the end of Matthew now. So in chapter 27, sorry, even chapter 26 onward, then mm. it's, it's going trying into to kill him. the end yeah. of Jesus' life, the end of his ministry and the sacrifice. Yeah. So we're in chapter 25 now. So mm. this is Jesus saying, I am the one that's about to be going on a long journey. I am the one that's got to know my servants, who's kind of seen their several ability and knows what they can do. And Ooh, so who are the servants? Sorry, gone. Yeah, knows- yeah, he knows the servants.
3: Yeah, there's back. Yeah, who are they? There. So the his. disciples. His they disciples, are his apostles. So- the, the people who choose to follow. This is this is us. We are the servants. Cool. We right? are currently the servants. We are currently right. trying to either double up our talents or hide it in the ground. Literally double or nothing. Isn't it? Trust cool, me, double right? or nothing.
0: Right, so so he's obviously speaking to his disciples and maybe some other extra followers who are around him at the time. But obviously, yes, it's applicable to us now as well. Right, so he's telling his disciples, look, I'm about to leave, right? I'm about to go on this journey, um, in quotation marks, and I'm giving you these talents. What, what then? What is he saying?
1: Are you going to... Um,
4: kind of do my commission and kind of share the gospel with the world as I've entrusted you kind of in a, a couple of chapters on in this book. So Matthew 28, isn't it? Are you yeah. going to follow that commission and actually act? Or are you going to be the kind of people that are happy to open the photo albums and say, oh, this was my time with Jesus. And it's always talking about retrospective experience with Jesus. And then when he comes again, you're just like, oh, Jesus, remember that time when we all sat around the table and we had that last supper? And that's the only experience that they have to give back to. Or are you going to kind of go on to have more experiences, to have more kind of times where you've been watching and praying and learning and sharing mm. and actually have more to kind of give, to show that the kingdom of God is actually growing in you and not just sat there.
0: Cool. So what do you think? Um, so we kind of get what, um, what using the talents would look like, right? So whatever God has given us, mental abilities, time, money, um, spiritual gifts, all, all that kind of stuff, right? Like natural abilities, all that kind of stuff. What, what, we we kind of know what that looks like when it's being used, right? You, know, you, you, you can work for God, you know, you're, influ- you're helping people, you're, you're influencing your community, all, all that kind of stuff. What does it look like when you're not using
1: it? What does it look like to bury your talent in the ground? Um, I
6: think that looks a little bit passive. And when I say passive, I just mean like um, to kind of like try and relate it to maybe our Christian experience. You know, we go around and we'll still say that we're Christians if anybody asks us, but it's not something that people can see on us. It's not something that I can identify or anything. So we're happy and we identify ourselves as Christian, but we're not really doing anything with that um, the identity, if you get me. Yeah. Cool.
0: Right. But let's, let's, uh, great answer. Right. But let's dig into a bit more about the mindset. Right. What might, like you, you, you talked about, you said the word passive, like kind of break that down a bit more. What does passive look like as a mindset? Thinking that you've got this thing, you've got a commission, number one, and you've got a talent, number
1: two, right? What, what does the passive mindset, what does the mindset look like? Like, what would I, I want to say that
6: you're not personally invested. Not um,
0: personally invested? What does not personally invested mean?
6: So it's something that you kind of like, I think earlier, I think one of my brothers was saying about how, you know, only, people will only be able to talk about whatever experience they've had with Jesus and like some people have had big experiences, some people will just be like, you know, Jesus, remember that time when we were doing this? Um, You know, that mindset might be I like just being happy, having kind of like not properly delved into it, not properly tasted the apple, not properly tasted Christianity. You know, you're just chilling there with, you know, the, the nice ideas of Christianity, but not actually going in. Mm.
0: Linnea, you got your hand up.
1: Hey, you me. hey
5: um, it's not Linnea, it's your brother. Um, oh, okay. Michael, um, my name's Michael, by the way. Um Michael. Yes, Michael. Awesome. up? <laughs> um I, I was saying like I, I was thinking like um in terms of passivity, I guess it's the idea that, you know, Jesus has called us to be disciples. Sometimes you feel more like it's easy to get caught in that passive mindset of being more like church members, if that makes sense. In the sense that like we're just going through the motions as opposed to um going out there and actually being the people God's called us to be, that makes sense. So the idea of, I guess, the idea of religion, the structure of religion replaces the commission for us to go
1: out and make disciples, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And,
0: okay, so great answers, guys, right? So we have this idea of this passive mindset you just be having this almost form of Christianity, um, you, you may go to church, you may do whatever, but you're not really kind of digging into what it is that, you know, the Bible, Jesus, you know, like we're,
1: we're called to do, right?
0: How, do, how, do you, how would you suggest like to get
1: out of that kind of mindset?
3: I don't know if this applies really, however, I think it's for different people, it's for different things, like, I have no hesitation to tell all of you, like, most of last year, the year before, the year before that, couple. in fact, from I was maybe like 16, 17, I have not really been attending church, I was not enjoying it, it was not something that I thought was for me, I got ill, I thought I was dying, and it made me reconnect with the Lord. And the way that I look at it now is very different to how I did before, isn't it? Like mm. it doesn't just grow within your heart. When you really get something like this, it excites you to now think about, oh yeah, I can come together with other people of like-mindedness. We can discuss these things. We can get into it. We can have deep conversations. You get me? I don't no longer hate the Saturday. I used to hate Saturdays. I used to stay in my bed and do nothing because I used to hate the fact that I would come downstairs and my mum would be going on about church or they'd be all getting ready to leave and it just made me feel bad. However, now I have a whole different mindset regardless of whether I'm at church or not. My Sabbath has become important to me.
0: And just, just to hit the nail on the head, right, Daniel, what was it that made that difference? like what about your experience made it be like ah now I I get it like I'm starting to
3: enjoy that do you know what I don't even think it was so much to do with my health because I had come to the point of I was comfortable with death however when I saw the things that could be accomplished with life and the fact that God was still giving me the chance to live regardless of what foolishness I had done I think that was the moment when I thought yeah I need to at least pay some attention to this I need to think back I mean as much as I'd grown away from it the proverb is right when you train a child in the way he should go no matter how much badness and foolishness I was doing my mind cannot get rid of oh this is the sabbath or you know you shouldn't be doing this like you're already on the route and this is what I think Jesus means sometimes like we bury our things in the earth it's not that we don't use our talents it's that we use them incorrectly mm.
0: mm-hmm. that's deep what do you what do you guys think about this this idea of using not only just not using your talent but using it incorrectly what would, what would that look like
6: can i can i just make a point um and it it kind of is in it's like using your talent incorrectly i think there's Identity is a massive thing for us in this day and age. You know, we're all trying to find out who we are. And we're all trying to find out, you know, who am I, what do I do? What what does me look like to me? And obviously sometimes it gets difficult because I remember a while ago, I realized, you know, everyone else has a different idea of me than I do. You know, I, I have an idea who Nathan is. And like, you know, Reese has a different idea to who I am. Ruben, Daniel has a different idea to who I am than I do. But as Christians, we should be trying to, we, we should understand that our identity is caught up in, in our relationship with God. And so a whole a whole lot of times we're trying to hit, be out here separating the two. And I think it's the same thing with your talents. If your talents get their best use, they get put to the best use when you're using them for God. Your talents, yourself, you know, your, your heart and soul, your passion, it gets, united in the right way when we're using it for God rather than when we're just trying to do what we're trying to do in our own strength.
1: Mm. Cool, right? So,
0: I want us to come um, back a little bit and focus on the why a bit more. Why do we bury our talents? Um, why are we passive? Why um, why did you what, what what does the what does the bible call the reason and daniel mentioned it earlier fear fear right it says it says i was afraid what was what,
1: what, what was the um what, what was the seven afraid of he was afraid of his master He's afraid of his
0: master. In what way? Like, what was he, like, afraid of
3: what? I think in this particular instance, the servant was not so much afraid of the master's character or stuff, but he was afraid that he would let his master down with what he was doing. Right. What do we, what do we
0: think about this idea of fear, right? What What is fear?
2: Hmm. Isn't it being scared of how something will turn out or how a person is? Is that your portrayal okay. of them not, not wanting to go near it? Your portrayal
3: of not wanting to go near something.
2: Hmm.
3: Okay. I f- Let's I think that down sometimes more. I think sometimes fear is not only that, sometimes it can be the fact that we have an obstacle in our way, and even though we may be able to overcome it, It looks daunting, it looks terrifying. You don't feel like you have the ability to conquer this. Even though you do, it seems so great when you look at it that you don't know how you'd ever be able to overcome it. Is fear in the mind? Uh, Fear is not just in the mind. I think it's physical as well as mental.
4: No, I'm just asking like, obviously danger is real. Yeah. Mm. I heard something this first week and um, was listening to a song. Um, so I missed the first NEC um, sofa songs that they did. But Nathan told me to go back and look at it. Or maybe it was the first and second. And there was an artist on either that or the one sound live stream that they had called I Am Sun. And um, there's a song where he's talking about fear. And at first I wasn't sure whether to throw his music away. Because I was listening to this song and he was like, fear isn't real. Yeah. Um, it's just something that goes on in your head, and we kind of blow up things in the worst kind of possible way. How could what's the worst way this could look like?
1: Yeah,
4: yeah. So that's what I'm saying when I'm asking is fear real? Is it something that kind of goes on in your head? Because, yes, we know that fear is a normal human and probably like positive stimuli sometimes, in that it can help save you, it can help with positive things but is it something that just exists in your mind?
2: So that's like, you can say that with phobias, because with some things they're not, there's not nothing, there's not anything scary about the object or whatever the person's afraid of, but to them they're terrified of it.
1: Let me ask
3: you guys a question. Do you think the devil is afraid of Jesus? Hundred. Wait, sorry, no, no, put it on.
4: Because in Star Wars, it says um, fear leads to anger, and anger leads to hate, and hate leads to the dark side. Oh, <laughs> man, should I quote Star Wars? We really? <laughs> um,
0: is is Satan afraid of 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 Jesus? Um, I definitely, I think he's afraid of what Jesus
3: represents. Oh, I think he's jealous of him. Jealousy is, yeah, definitely. See, I think, I think that's more the way that it goes. I think it's more jealousy and envy rather than fear. The devil will fear the Lord when he comes to reckon with him. However, for now, he's still thinking that he's got the the chance to switch around. You get me? I disagree. I'm oh, sorry. The,
6: re- the, re- the reason that I disagree is because even in the Bible, there are situations where, like, just the whole concept as Christians, if you fight the devil in your own strength, you're done now. But when you go with God's strength, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. How are you running from something you're not afraid of?
1: That's so a
6: very. I I, I I I just think that when it when we go when we go hand in hand with God to tackle the devil, I think that's where it gets that's where it gets dangerous for him. Only when we go hand in hand with God, and this is why so many of us we we fail on a constant basis because we step into the thing with our own strength. Mm.
0: Okay, All right. So let's 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 come back. We'll rewind um, a bit about uh, on this idea of fear. Right. So, I think Nathan, you asked a good question.
1: Right. Is fear real? What do you guys think about that?
3: Is fear real? Again, I think certain things are as real as you make them.
0: Daniel, that's, a, that's, a, that's a, an evasive answer.
3: <laughs> it's, not, it's not even being evasive. <laughs> like, okay, put it this way. I can fear my mother trying to slap me. However, at the same time, I can also fear going out on the road and someone crashing into me. You get me? However, I know... That according to what conditions I live in at home depends on whether my mother's gonna slap me or not. Do you get me? Like out on the road, I can control only so much. Yeah? I can control my driving. I can't control no one else's driving. I don't understand.
6: Um, okay. So guys, I don't know. I wanna say that fear is in the mind. That's just what I want to say, but that's just because right. I, I, think, I think it is that thing that danger is, danger is real, So fear is not. So fear is obviously what we take from our experience.
0: All right, Michael, you've got something to say.
5: Uh, I was going to say, um, I guess, our perception of fear and then the reality of it, how God sees it, are very different things, I guess. Cool, All right. <laughs>
0: Would we we call what God sees it or what actually is there as fear?
5: God wouldn't see it as fear, but I guess...
0: Right, so what I think, think, right, I think we have this idea of what fear is, right? So, like, fear can mean different things, generally, depending on what context you use them. But in this context, we're suggesting that fear is, is like an anxiety, right? Right. So, like your hands might get sweaty like your fight or flight response is starting to kick in, but your fight or flight response is something that happens in your head. It's not, um, it's not based on necessarily, it's it's based on what you see and stuff, but it's not based on necessarily about danger. Right? So it's just based on your perception of what's happening around you, your perception of danger, not the reality of danger. For example, right? If I'm scared of spiders, I could see a spider across the room and freak out. The spider's not poisonous. The spider doesn't bite. The spider can't hurt me in any way. But I'm afraid of it because uh, there's an unknown associated with the spider that Mm -hmm. I don't like. And therefore, there's something that is pushing me. Like, I don't like that. Like, I'm now kind of disassociating myself with that situation. People are scared of heights. Even if there's a barrier, even if there is no way they can fall off whatever they're looking over they'll freak out when they see that they're high off the ground not because there is an actual danger there but because there is a perception of danger yeah um uh, michael you you still have your hand up
5: you want to oh no i'm learning it yeah basically you said what i was trying to say yeah oh, okay no, cool. Yeah. cool cool all right so
0: let's bring this back to the, this context, right? We're thinking, like, I, I agree with Nathan in the sense that danger is real, but fear isn't. So now we're bringing it back to the context of burying your talent. What, why would
1: you be fearful? What perception is there that you would be fearful about your talent? I guess I'm not good enough or...
5: Like, what? yeah, For fear of failure, them. fear of what other people might think. A lot cool. of factors. Yeah.
0: A lot of factors, right? But yeah, you said, you said two big ones, right? What other people might think, fear of failure, right? These are the reasons why the servant dug his talent in the ground. And, and another big thing is that he didn't understand who the master was. Right? He had a mis perception of who the master was if he had gone and said to the master you gave me a talent I tried to invest it like others did but you know the investment third through I only have half the talent left right the master wouldn't have reacted the same way he did so but in his head in his head he's thinking the master is going to be most angry if I lose this money so the best thing I can do is make sure I don't lose it when in the other servant's mindset they didn't have any fear because obviously they knew the master more than the other one did so for them it was worth using the
3: talent I'm sorry Reese. I have to ask this now
1: yeah go um, ahead.
3: is that necessarily true like I understand that I understand from where we look at it at this it's we're all approaching this from a Christian perspective so we're all Christians we've all been raised in the church however some people have five, some have two, some have one. But is it necessarily that, that we're lesser in the church or that we've just not been able to shine to our best ability in the church?
0: As in, as in why some people have five and why some people have two? Yeah. Um, I would suggest that they're not lesser because if you look at the answer given to both the, the servant who had five And the servant who had two What was the answer?
3: The same uh, Yeah it was the same Yeah, it's
0: the same He said so well, well done my like good and faithful values. servant There are faithful over a few things I will give, make you ruler over many things Enter into the joy of the Lord
1: mm. So really thinking. it's
0: not about the number of talents
4: Sorry Reese. I'm, I'm just from yeah, that yeah. Yeah, you, can, you can see that the value system Is not based on how many You know what I mean? Yeah mm. Like it's not, there's no, nothing that the master says that says, okay, I measure you more now because, um, you know, kind of you, you have more talent. So I, exactly as you guys said, the, the language is used the same for the five and the two. So it's merely by having the talent and by using it that they're actually blessed Exactly. Right. And the problem,
0: the master is not upset because the talent for the, with the servant who only had one it's not, he's not upset that the servant didn't bring back another talent. The master isn't worried about the fact that the, the servant said, oh, you know what, I tried to do something, but all I have is one talent. Like, I, I wasn't able to get anything back. That's not what he was upset about. He was upset because the servant said, I was afraid, and I
1: buried it in the ground. Right? That's why the master was upset. Not because somehow it was unsuccessful. Because you are too afraid, you let your fear control you.
0: So, let's dig into this idea of fear, because I want to I want to go a bit deeper in this, and we're going to go and look at another story, actually, that deals with this idea of fear. So, what we're going to do is we're going to turn our Bibles to Second, um, First Kings, First Kings, Kings, Chapter Nineteen. So, we could go to First Kings, Chapter Nineteen. And before we read, just to just to um recap, we're 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 now looking at the reason how to overcome this fear. Because we've said, you know, the the main reason why the, the seven didn't talent was as Michael was saying, he felt inadequate. He feared mm. that it, he was gonna it, he it wasn't gonna work. He feared that he was gonna lose it. Um, and he he didn't know who the master was. He feared that the master would be angry with him if he lost it. And therefore, through those fears, he was not able to act in the way that he should have done. So when we're looking at ourselves, and we're looking at our own abilities, and we're waking up in the morning, and the reasons why we don't pursue the things that God has put in our lives to pursue, that could be things that aren't specifically even spiritual it could be how you um, avail yourself in the workplace. It could be what projects you're you're trying to do, and all of these things should be there to help you know man and help your fellow man and and be good in the community and all the rest of it. But how like are you holding back s- certain things because you're scared that it's not going to work, or you're scared that you won't be able to do it, or you're scared that um or you're scared something will go wrong, or people won't like you, or people. will... Um, look down on you, etc right? that's that's the kind of that's the that's what we're that's the playing field we're looking at as we go into this. So chapter nineteen. Is everyone there?
1: Yep,
3: we're here.
0: Cool. What's happening before we
3: we hit verse one? Uh this is where Elijah had just mashed up all the prophets on the top of the mountain because they tried they tried come with a false god and I was just like nah I'm not having this. Told them, cool. let me build a proper altar. Prayed to God and fire come down and licked everything. Right, cool. <laughs> what happened just before that? Like, what's, 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 what's happening, like,
0: in Israel? Just before the whole um, offering thing is happening. Famine. Famine.
3: Famine, wow. famine right? There was um, no what, what rain. There'd been no famine. rain for, like, rain. wasn't it three years or
0: something? Right. Imagine three years of no rain. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Mecca, I what water looks like. Well, right? this is the we'll, thing. No, we'll you talk, consider as like. well that you see this heat that we've been having the last few days it's, it's hotter than that. And there's no rain for three years, guys. The
4: Watermelons have stopped growing. They can't even get refreshment. I said watermelons
3: Just
0: stop growing. <laughs> <laughs> right? So there's no rain for three years, right? Three, three years and, I think, nine months or something like that. Right? Mm. So... You know,
3: good amount of time, and then what happens? Uh, this is the build buildup. God, the God appeared happening. to abraham to Elijah and said, "You've got to go and do and chat. I think he's basically said you have to challenge them, and then I will bring rain down.
0: But who does
3: he need to go to? Who does he need to go talk to? Um, he needs to go talk to King Ahab. Right. And Queen Jezebel. And Queen Jezebel. Jezebel,
0: You should you should have heard that name before, right?
3: Mm.
0: So Elijah before before this happens, right? Israel is in apostasy. So they're worshipping the idol Bull, Baal, right? Mm. And God doesn't like it. Obviously. Hence why there is a three-year famine. Yeah? Now what's happened is Ahab and Jezebel blamed Elijah for this thing. They were like, Elijah's the one who, they didn't blame their own actions. They blamed Elijah. They were like, Elijah's the one who caused this no rain to happen, Right? We're going to get him. Right? Elijah understands that they're going to get him. And the Lord, the God leads him away into the wilderness where, you know, you hear that the birds came and gave him food and he, he could drink from a river. Right? So Elijah's calm. But he's in the wilderness. And then at a certain point, God says, look, you need to go chat to Ahab. So he goes to Ahab and then they come up with this um, and he's like, oh, Elijah, I haven't seen you in three years, still ain't got no rain." And Elijah's like, look, this is what needs to happen. And Daniel, what
1: happens?
3: (laughs) As I said, man goes up to the top of Mount Carmel and they have a little competition and say, who's God is realist? And well... God shows you well, going well, in it. You can't, you can't challenge when fire comes down from heaven, can you?
0: Right. If we just read, just, just in order to understand exactly what's going on, right? Um, let's read from verse thirty-three of chapter eighteen to verse um thirty-five, just to Vers- understand exactly how deep this was. Thirty-three,
3: yeah. Yeah. All right. And he put the wood in order and cut up the bullock in pieces and laid him on the wood and said, Fill four barrels with water and pour it on the burnt sacrifice and on the wood. And he said, Do it the second time. And they did it the second time. And he said, Do it the third time. And they did it the third time. His sacrifice was soup. Cool. Right? Right? It was soup. Yeah? (laughs)
0: Right? So, and, and, you know, I'm thinking, boy, they're, they're, they're coming and throwing this water on like, it, like it's rained every day. It ain't rained for three years right uh, No, nah, but you there. know what?
3: This is something I noticed as well. If you look at the geography of the place, the mountain was near this. It was, I think it's near where the Sea of Galilee is or mm.
1: somewhere So that's there. probably where
0: they got the water from, isn't it?
3: Yeah, they went down to the sea and yeah, they got
0: all... And got it. Cool, right? So, so painting the picture, right? They've got the idols um, of Bo and they're, they're they're praying, they're cutting themselves, they're da 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 da, praying for fire to come and and, and 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 kind of burn up their sacrifice. And Elijah's there laughing. Elijah's there just think I just want you to understand the confidence Elijah has before we read verse chapter nineteen, right? He's laughing. He's like, Yeah, 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 we, we took what is 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 your God sleeping? What's going on? Did you go on holiday? Like, what's going on? Like, you're praying, you're cutting yourself, nothing's happening, right? Then he has his own sacrifice. He, as we read, he got them to throw water on there, not once, not twice, but three times. So much so that, as um, was it Nathan O'Reban said, the thing was soup. Yeah? And Elijah prays, and lo and behold, fire comes down from heaven and burns up the sacrifice. That, and licks up all the water as well. Yeah? So that's what happens. So this is the kind of this is the kind of level Elijah is on right now, yeah? Elijah's no know, the no little like scardy Freddy Freddy man, right? He he was so confident that he was actually laughing at the others before he he his like if you laughed after your sacrifice burnt up, then you're good in it. But he was laughing before the sacrifice burnt up. That's how confident Elijah was at this point. Right? And then what happens is he goes later on, um everyone kind of um, says oh God is the real God We repent And lo and behold Elijah goes on his knees And prays And rain comes down from heaven Three years it hasn't rained And man goes on his knees and prays And rain starts falling Understand who Elijah is yeah Before we read chapter 19 This is the experience he has just had Okay
1: Verse 1 And 2 And Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done, and with all, with all how he
5: had slain all the prophets of the Lord. Then Jezebel sent a messenger unto Elijah, saying, Then let the gods do to me, and, and more also, if I make not thy life as the
1: life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. Cool. So what do, what, what's happened? Come oh on guys, speak to me. What's happened?
2: Jezebel's heard what happened and wants to kill Elijah.
0: Okay, all right. But not only has Jezebel heard what happened, but Jezebel had just been done, right? It says all that Elijah had done and with all he had um, slain all the prophets with the sword. So Elijah had just gone and, and all, this, all their prophets had, had gone, right? And Jezebel's like, look, right? I'm coming after you. And not only am I coming after you, by this time tomorrow, you will be dead.
1: Right? That's the confidence the queen is talking with. By this time tomorrow, Elijah, it's game over. Cool. Verse three. And when he saw that, he arose and went
4: for his life and came to Beersheba, which belongeth to Judah, and left his servant there. Cool, but, let's stop there, right? What's, what What happened?
1: He said it's not safe for the servant to be around him. Break it down, come on. It's strange because he's just come from a mad victory, hasn't he? And
4: this is, he for some reason, I'm not going to say for some reason, he's just a man still. But he's shaken to his core by this message, isn't it? So he literally, it says he went for his life. In other words, he ran for his life. And bear in mind, in the previous chapter, didn't we see him running all the way um, in front of Ahab's chariot? Yeah. Yeah. So We've already seen that um, Elijah's coming like Mophari. He's a distance runner. Yeah. And yet he's running again. He's going for his life. And dropping off his servant. (laughs) That's the bit that gets
0: me, right? Not only did he run for his life, but you thought, you know what? I don't really like how this servant is looking at me. Maybe he's just about spy. Look, <laughs> my guy, you've been with me for this amount of time. Look, just stay here. i am gonna I'm gonna dust.
4: Right? This is, he, he's obviously not on it. Yeah. Verse four. It's strange to think about it though, because exactly what we said, he's you know, the, the mental state has switched up so much. You know, this is big man, this is prophet of God, this is you know, arguably, you know, people would be attributing, attributing that to him—that like he's pulled the fire down—and yet, in the next breath, he—you know what I mean—he can barely; he's got jelly legs. And it's not—you know what it is—it's
0: not even that Jezebel told him, like him herself; like a messenger came to him. I was like, "This is what Jezebel said," and somehow, fear took him so much. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, this is why I'm trying to read the story because. Like, we need to understand this fear that, that Elijah has right now. It took him so much, he was like, You know what? I need to get out of here. Um, brethren, I know you've been with me, but look, you're staying here. I'm going alone.
4: Hasn't um Jezebel been killing the prophets of God before this?
0: Yeah, yeah. So, I'm right. Not so, those, yeah, maybe. so the threat is real. Like, yeah. it's
1: not like she's saying it, but she ain't done nothing yet. Yeah, she's been killing prophets left, right, and center as well. Hmm. Right. So that's where we are, yeah? Verse 4. I'll just do verse 4 and then someone else can.
4: But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a juniper tree. And he requested for himself that he might die and said, It is enough now, O Lord. Take away my life, for I am not better than my father's. Come on, guys. What's what does he mean when he says, I am not better from my fathers? Is he saying, I am not better, like, I'm as good as dead? Or is he saying that I failed you? What's, what's his mentor there?
0: That's a good question. How, when I read it, I thought he meant he was kind of, he wasn't liking himself at this point. So when he says, like, I'm not as good as my fathers, it's kind of like to say, I'm not as good as them? Like, like, I, like they're better than me. Like they were better Christians or whatever the 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 phrase was. I was about they were better Jews or whatever that was. Yeah, um, like I can't handle this right now. That's the kind of how I read it. But he may be saying like I'm no better than my fathers and saying I'm no, I'm as good as dead. Right, that's so not- I didn't read it that way. But that's pop- that may be how he's saying it as well. Right. Yeah. How can something shake you to your core so
1: much, right? How can something be so fearful that you're like, I don't want to live anymore? That's what I was thinking when I said, you know, it just was been
4: profits because it, I've always read not I've not read that like a rosy verse, but do you know what I mean? I don't. I've never really deep that before, but in reality, what's probably been happening is been getting very mashed up. You know, it's not like a little thing that's been going on. There's been examples set. There's been torturing going on. There's probably, you know, not something pleasant, and that's what's got to. Him.
1: But I want to, agreed, right? But I want to understand, right? How logical is what Elijah's doing right now? Is is the danger real? Like, if he stayed where he was, would he have got mashed up? Yeah, probably. Probably,
5: yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah probably, <no. laughs> you
5: think so? <laughs> I mean, you were like the only prophet left at the time. Well, one of the only prophets left. So, I, I don't know. Maybe based on like... Or he yeah, had that fear, like... Uh,
1: <laughs> like, I think just what
5: happened. <laughs> yeah. Like, what just happened?
4: Uh, no, you know what? You know what? To be fair, don't even think about... Happen. Is it Elisha or Elijah? Um, like in previous stories, or potentially later story, where someone comes to send soldiers to them, and the soldiers all get burnt up, like every That's single. That's Elisha,
0: time. but okay. um, I, where, where the armies of the God come and and surround the city kind of
4: thing. What are thinking? I'm just um, I'm just reading Naomi's thing that she put in the chat. She said, "His fear exceeded his faith when he should know who God is and what God had already done." Yeah, exactly. Right, so it's a weird one though, because like as as um, I I say, it's a weird one. Maybe I'm making it stickier than it needs to be, because logically, as a man, get 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 out of there. What you talk, you know, get run. Make sure that your your life is saved. But obviously, God has already shown that He's coming through for His servants supernaturally. I, I don't know how we'd read this this story if Elijah just kind of sat still and stayed there and was like, "Bet,
1: I'll see you tomorrow." (laughs) I <laughs> said, better feed tomorrow. No, but literally, that's what he should have done, though. Like, as,
0: as, as, as uh, he, he wrote in the, in, in, in the thing, uh, Naomi, right? His fear exceeded his faith. If he had, like, he had just shown enough faith to, to bring down fire from heaven, even uh-huh. more so, you haven't seen rain for three years, you prayed on your knees and rain started dropping in <laughs> your face. And now all you hear is a threat, a, a threat from somewhere quite far away from you at this point in time. A threat from a servant has come up to you and said, look, this is what she said. And now you've run. Not only have you run, but you've run away from your, from your cause. Far. God has called you mm. to bring um, Israel back to believing in him. And what you've done is you've run away. Right? Because of what she's threatened to do.
1: Is it Okay.
6: Um, it's kind of like a quick question but just based on what Naomi put in the chat his fear exceeded his faith when he should know who God is and what God had already done and that's a little bit mad because this is a big prophet of God who God has worked through before this wasn't the only time where God worked through um, Elijah and he this is he was living him. in the and, desert and, and, and for three him. years
0: eating from birds
6: exactly <laughs> and this He's is him desert, a bird his, fear, and you a his fear on, his faith and that's a little bit. I don't know. I don't. I don't know about you guys, but that's a little bit deep for me because it's almost like if this is a big prophet that has been living in the, essentially living in the daily providence of God, <laughs> and His fear is exceeding His faith. That's, that's a madness because it's almost like, yo, what hope do we have? But yeah. Hey, let me. Just, that's that's the point I want to get to.
0: Wait, let, let Michael go, and then Reuben, you can go. Oh,
4: I didn't even see Michael's hand.
5: Sorry. Hey, I, well, I think Elijah was just shocked in the moment. I think he was expecting, like, a victory almost. Like, but when he got the message back that Jezebel was going to kill him, it was almost like, oh, wow, what, what has really changed after I've done this, performed this amazing act? It seems like the people are still the same, despite me showing who God is. So I don't know, like, if there was, like, that sense of, like, wow, despite me doing this, it seems like the heart of the people I haven't changed. And I don't know. In that moment, he was just like, "Is God really there, or like, or is God really going to come through for me when she comes? When she comes through?" And
1: that's a madness. I, I don't know. So, something, think... something, yeah. Mike. No, that's what I had to say. That's what I had to say. So, the idea that despite
5: that amazing act beforehand it seemed like oh it seemed like the people hadn't changed it seemed like ahab was still weak the fact that jezebel was still like (laughs) barking orders at messengers um to kill elijah despite elijah showing ahab before his very eyes like what god could do um Hmm. i think it was that sense of like oh i've done this now but it seems like yeah it's not enough Ooh, nothing, yeah,
0: nothing's like there. Still seems to be this threat around profits. If still feels like the king and the queen still aren't on board. Like, what's going on? Like, nothing's changed. Good point, Reuben.
4: I just wanted to emphasise what Mike just said about um, kind of. I feel like I say I feel like I think it's pretty obvious. Elijah was focusing on humans. Yeah himself included. Um, he turns around exactly what Michael just said. He, he starts looking at the king and the queen aren't really doing nothing differently. Yeah? And even though if we're looking outside the human realm and like inside what we can physically see, something amazing just happened. In terms of people, the people are still kind of doing up their work boots and just getting on with it. So what's really changed? And you know, if, um, Genesis 3, Genesis 3 verse 10, and he said, I heard your voice in the garden and I was afraid for two reasons because I was naked. Sorry, not for two reasons. He said, I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself.
1: Yeah.
4: Mm-hmm. So that's Adam turning around to God, isn't it? Mm-hmm. The reasons he's giving is not because of God, but because of himself. So I was naked. I was afraid. I hid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I feel like maybe that's a, a tell for us to kind of focus on a little bit of what fear is and how it works spiritually. Because great, it's not great, great. God is, it's not him saying, oh, God is merciful, Oh, we spent however long in the Garden of Eden with God before, and he's always been kind to us, so maybe even now he's going to be kind. But it's very much him thinking, oh, I'm naked, I'm ashamed, I can't deal with this, so I'm just going to go and hide under a juniper bush or something like that, and then it's rough and that's perfect. exactly what I like just doing mm-hmm. I see where I've made a difference so I'm Audi. cool exactly right you guys hit the uh, perfect right so just
0: to, just to um, round it up right these are the two things that like those two points are massive number one I didn't see any difference imagine if you've got like like God has put this project on your heart God has put this thing where You know, you want to do um, an event, let's say, just an example. You want to do an event for people to come to and um, all the rest of it and you've got this message for them and it's going to be great and, you know, the community are going to love it. You're going to bring people to God and all the rest of it, right? People are going to see Jesus in you, all of that, right? You're excited. You have this plan. And you you think everyone's going to be on it as well. And what you do is you share it with your family or you
1: share it with... um, Or you share it online, you make a post, and you put it online, and there's no uptake. No one's really feeling it. And suddenly you're thinking, right, nothing. Nothing's
0: really like I was expecting. Like people to be like, like I, I was expecting a response, but there was no response. I was, and then your thought process goes from there's no response, therefore something's not good enough. I'm not good enough. Like I don't want to do this anymore. Like <laughs> I'm scared. Nah, I'm good. I don't want to put myself out there like that. I'm good. I'm done. Cool, squash it. Right? This is what's happening with Elijah. Yeah, I had to. We did this thing. I put it out there. Put my neck on the on the line. All the rest of it. Put it out there. No, nothing seems to have changed. And now I'm not good enough. I'm not even as good as my father's, or as much as it
1: might. Have He's saying I might as well be dead, right? Yeah, Reuben, good. I'm just thinking, bro,
4: this ties exactly back into um, what we were saying about the talents. Yeah, because of um, what w- we said that with the third servant that had the one talent, it wasn't so much that he didn't have the knowledge that he could do something with the talent as much as he didn't have the confidence in the relationship in his kind of, what his perception of who the master was. yeah, He didn't like the idea of taking the risk. He didn't feel mm-hmm. secure being able to go to his master and say, oh, "I didn't really work out. And so because of that, the fear of not knowing who he was dealing with, he mm-hmm. kind of thought, oh, I'm just going to secure it. I said this on the chat uh, a little while ago, a couple of weeks ago, and I'll say it again. Um, we secure what we are vulnerable about. If we're not worried that something's gonna to happen to anything, then we're okay, we're willing to live our best life and to put things out there. But as soon as we feel vulnerable and we're insecure about something, we mm. wrap up probably too much and say, okay, I'm not gonna use that. Um, I always used to, there's some artist out there and I know that you know people listen to different music, but um, there's a person called Chance the Rapper. And I remember like when I first found out about this artist a couple of years ago, being very surprised because his voice wasn't like the most rosy voice I've ever heard, but there was something very honest about the fact that he was still willing to kind of sing every now and again on the track. Yeah. It made it seem very kind of honest and very kind of relatable because he was willing to kind of put it out there. But how many of us growing up in church, growing up in kind of environments where whether people mean to or not, we feel judged sometimes and we decide I'm never putting myself in this ministry again. I'm never putting myself out there again with this because I now feel insecure about it. And we're doing it because of what we feel about ourselves and not necessarily because of a saving knowledge and a real knowledge of the gods or even the other people that we're dealing with sometimes. So I feel like all of this like ties right back in together about do we know who we're dealing with and are we willing to know that God already has us. I know whom I believed and I, I am persuaded that he is able to keep all of that in check. So I'm just going to do what I've been doing because, you know. Perfect. Right. Okay.
0: Cool. All right. So let's, con- let's continue and, and, and hit where, where Elijah gets to
1: to, to, to how he found his feet again. All right. So verse five. chapter 19 and as he lay and slept under a juniper tree
6: behold then an angel touched him and said unto him arise and eat and he looked and behold there was a cake baking on the coals and a cruise of water at his head and he did eat and drink and laid him down again
2: And the angel of the Lord came again the second time and touched him and said, Arise and eat because the journey is too great for thee. And he arose and did eat and drink and went in strength of that meat 40 days and 40 nights unto her brought the mount of God.
0: Great. What did, what, so, so this was, we just spoke about um, Elijah's experience about what was he, the kind of things he was feeling, the kind of place he was, what was the
1: first thing God addressed? He cried out to God. He said, you know,
0: um, I just want to die. I, I can't take this anymore. What was the first thing
1: God addressed? Is it, is it his appetite and heart was hungry. His appetite, right? Physical. Physical
6: physical yeah. things, right? I turned around and said, you're not you when you're hungry. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> them ones. Have a Snickers, yeah? Mad. Mm. Daniel, are you going to say something?
2: I was just thinking,
3: this is, like, I don't, I don't know if maybe Maslow got inspired when he wrote his Hierarchy of Need by reading these things, innit? But I always see that. God starts with the thing that is most necessary to us at the time.
1: Agreed. And so what I
0: was like, what I got from this, right, is whenever you are feeling in a bit where you're not good enough or, um, or you don't want to do something or you feel like kind of the world's kind of closing in around you and you don't really want to get up, etc. deal with your physical things first. Go for a walk. Get some fresh air, eat some food, go for a run, do some exercise. Like that will always help you then tackle whatever you need to tackle afterwards. There's a reason why God said, "Look, you're gonna go on a journey, and you need to eat some food." Like, let's go, let's let's do that before you start like talking about you need to, you're gonna die and all this kind of thing. Just eat, because that's the, one of the first things that goes when you're scared. Your appetite, of the first things that goes. So the fact that you said, look, here, eat here's some water, here's some bread, eat your food, and then we can then tackle
1: this thing, right? So that's number one lesson. All right, let's continue reading. Verse nine. So Elijah's just just dropped. But basically, just don't miss this as well, right?
0: Elijah just travelled um, 40 days, right, on that one meal. So that must have been a big meal, you know? That must have been a, hev- like, like, that was heaven's meal that he just got, because, boy, 40 days fast after that crossing the desert. Anyway, let's continue, verse 9.
5: And he came um, to the cave and looked there, and, behold, the word of the Lord came to him, and he said unto him, What dost thou, Elijah? And he said, I have been very zealous for the Lord, Lord God of hosts, for children of Israel have taken thy covenant, thrown down and um, thine altars, and slain thy prophets with the sword, and I, uh, even, I am, sorry, even I only am left, even I only am less and they seek my life to take it away.
1: Cool.
0: What what's it, so so what's happening there? God says, um, God says, Elijah,
1: like what are you doing? What are you doing? And what's Elijah's efforts? Well, is it basically like Elijah on a little random basically like, they're trying to kill me now, after all I've done for them, they're not listening to what I'm
5: saying, and it's like, <laughs> <you're trying to laughs> it's just... <okay. laughs> Where is me? <laughs>
0: I mean, have you not been serious, what's going on? I, I did all this and I'm the only one left.
1: Right, Reuben, you got something to say? Well, is your hand just up from before. Okay, I guess his hand was up. That's from a little before. bit mad uh, because uh, I think, no,
6: sorry, this is Nathan. But um, uh, yeah, he, he's literally saying, come collect your people because he's, you know, he's, he's been, I, I, I have been jealous of you, Lord. I've been doing your work. I've been trying to get these people to come back, but they're not doing it. And it's just that idea of like when we work for God, Sometimes we have to work and sometimes we don't see results and it's easy to get discouraged
1: and this is like the perfect picture of that. But yeah. 100, right? Okay, verse 11. Um,
5: I just wanted to add to that. Um, yeah, go ahead. Like, like, Elijah expected God to fulfill his promise in a way that, like, that, he, that he would do it, that was comfortable for him. But a lot of the time, when God fulfills the promises, in the word and just in general, when we, when, when 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 we know where God wants to take us, He, he fulfills it in a way that subverts our expectations. I feel, um, it makes us less comfortable. It makes us more. I guess it, it makes us more humble. It makes us realize that God is sovereign and everything. And yeah, it makes us realize that God is sovereign. It's not necessarily. Yeah, us. yeah it's not it's not as straightforward as we think it yeah.
1: is. Yeah, yeah, that's a great point. Michael's
5: coming with some
0: gems today. So yeah, so like like you're saying, right? Our really our job is to do what God says. Like our idea of how things work out is really God's business. So like, and that should give us peace. So we should be happy. Like Elijah should should have been happy a long time by doing the sacrifice praying for the rain you should be like, cool my job's done whether these people change or not it's God's business yeah so as, just as um, Michael was saying uh, yeah 100% like he wanted it happening the the fulfilling of the promise the fulfilling of his mission to happen his way and sometimes it's even not going to happen as fast as we want it to happen and it's not going to happen the way we want it to happen but maybe God's that's what God wanted all along that's what God's purpose was when he asked you to do whatever he's asking you to do Good point. Love that. Right. Um, Cool. Verse 11.
3: And he said, Go forth and stand up on the mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by, and a great and strong wind rent the mountain and break in pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake, and after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire, and after the fire, the still small
1: voice. The most is being done. Sorry,
0: that's just me. Well, what do you, yeah? Go ahead. What do you? What do you do you, <laughs> 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 you
3: know what? No, I think this is a big. This is a big saying, like right here, Carl. We equate. And this is not just we as in we individuals, but we as in the human race equate being correct to being strong, like, regardless of whether it's financial power or physical power, lead you to be correct no matter
1: what, because that's how... ...rich enough
3: you can be right in whatever. you were kinda what bed, God no, But what what I think God was doing particularly here, yeah, was he was giving Elijah the example. Like, yes, I am almighty, yes, I am all powerful, and yes, I could affect these people in this way, I could force them to do this thing. However, that's not my character. That's not God's character. He doesn't force us to do nothing. Or else, do you really think we'd still be here on this earth? Let me jump mm-hmm. on. Sorry, let me just jump on
4: there. Um, I'm just thinking exactly what Daniel just well coming off what Dan just said. Elijah has been, as we've already established, he's been focusing on himself and his impact on the ministry.
1: Yeah, and maybe
4: just maybe this, you know, this um, we're going to say it, this wind, and then this earthquake, and then this fire. We're all, you know, maybe these are very natural responses to, you know, God from the, sorry, from the elements to God, if that makes sense. You know, the maker's coming, let's make some noise. I don't know. But this is something where Elijah is now, all of a sudden, he's small, if that makes sense. In his mind, he's been blowing up and he's been going around in circles and negative thought patterns, and he can only see himself and his impact in his mind. And now all of a sudden, he's being reminded that he is very tiny. And in his smallness, then there's a still small voice that can actually talk to him and can get past the, the kind of
1: mental cycles that he's been going on that are only focusing on himself, if that makes sense. Cool. Yeah. I think, um,
0: just to echo what you guys have said, yeah. The um, it's, You can almost see yourself in the cave, right? Because Elijah's in a cave at this point. And you're thinking, what the the um like the, there's this massive commotion happening outside, like the whole mountain is shaking because this wind is cracking the mountain in two, right? Then, on top of that, if that if Elijah wasn't scared enough, this is what's happening, right? Then there's a massive earthquake and then there's a fire. And then all of this Elijah's thinking, boy, you took me all the way out here just to kill me here. Boy. This is what it is. Well, I did ask to die after all. And then God uses a still small voice to speak to him. And for me that just means, look, it doesn't matter what's going on. It doesn't matter if there is Jezebel threatening your life. It doesn't matter if the whole of Israel is against you. It doesn't matter if um if like there's fire coming up and there's an earthquake. I don't Whatever commotion is happening, it should be still just me and you. You should still be able to hear my voice and I'll still bring you through. Right? That's that's what I feel God was saying, yeah? On top of what you guys were
1: saying. Definitely. It's verse 13. Um, verse 13,
5: and it was so when Elijah heard it that he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood in, in the entering in of the cave. And behold, there came a voice unto him and said, What doest thou here, Elijah?
0: So, same question he asked before, right? Same question I, Elijah goes, Oh, yeah, all these people, da, 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 da. right? See what his answer is again, verse 14.
5: And he and said, "And he said, I have been very jealous for the Lord God of hosts, because the children of Israel have forsaken thy covenant, thrown down thy an altars, and slain thy prophets with the sword. And I, even I, only am left. And if they seek my life, take it away.
0: Allah just don't know nothing. <laughs> same answer that you gave before all the bad to the everything question around him, right?" Yeah. Okay. Next verse fifteen. Let's in fact let's read up to verse um eighteen. So the next four verses. Take people to read. Uh,
3: once, just before you say that, like
0: yeah,
3: can we just acknowledge? I think at this point, Elijah is very very depressed because as much effort as he feels like he has put into the thing, he's not really getting anything out of it. He's now been threatened for his life, and he feels like there's no more that he can do. So he's come to God and he's just said, finish me. I don't know how I can get over this. And yet God is still trying to make a point to him. And he's because he's so wrapped up in himself, he refuses to acknowledge what God's trying to say. Mm.
6: Cool. Okay, so verse 15. And the Lord said unto him, go return on the way to the wilderness of Damascus and when thou comest anoint Hazel, um, Hazael to be king over Syria and Jehu the son of Nimshi shalt thou anoint to be king over Israel and Elisha the son of Shaphat of Abel mehola shalt thou anoint to be a prophet in thy room It's interesting how God sends him to go and anoint the the prophet to take his place. Verse 17 and
1: 18. And it shall come to pass that him that escapeth the
6: sword of Hazael shall Jehu slay, and him that escapeth from the sword of Jehu shall Elisha slay? Yes, I have left me 7,000 in Israel, all the knees which have not bowed unto Baal, and every mouth which have not kissed him. Cool, all right? That's a lot of people, man. Like, the population wasn't like it was now back then. And so for them, there'll be 7,000 people that haven't touched the worshiping of Baal. Seven thousand prophets even, I think, he's saying. So yeah, that's that's really interesting. Right.
0: Like,
3: so yeah, go ahead, go ahead. It's also it's also a bit mad because it says and Jehu will be put over Israel and Elisha and then it says who it has those who escape the sword from one man are gonna get slain by the next man. And those who escape the next one are still going to get slain by Elisha. And at this point, I don't, I don't know where Elisha was at this point. I'm sure Elijah and Elisha had already made their connection. Mm. However, I don't know if, if Elijah was fully aware of how much he was going to leave behind himself.
0: I found it very funny how throughout, throughout this experience Elijah's going through, to get him out, out of this like depression and this fear, God just says, number one, what you're talking about is not true.
1: Uh, Elijah,
0: said, Elijah goes, I'm the only one here, I've been preaching, and and all the prophets are dead, and da-da-da. God says, Double. "Like, firstly, like, just get it correct that there's actually seven thousand people in Israel currently who are, who who you have affected in our calm that haven't gone to bear worship and that are still, you know, my people. So get that correct, which t- again tells us fear isn't um, isn't rational. It's not real all the time. It is a perception that we have, right? And number two is, like, get off your backside. Go, um, go anoint this person as king or as ruler and go and get the next prophet. Like, <laughs> we've got work to do still.
4: Right? So, yeah, go ahead. So, um, even still, yeah? Like, let's not forget, though, that Elijah has basically told God categorically, I am tired, yeah? God has already given him food, yeah? Mm. And we're seeing that he's categorically again said, Lord, I'm tired. And God has said, all right, I've got your... And I don't want to make it kind of crass like God said, okay, I don't need you anyway, I've got your placements. But He is literally, you know, how many times in my week, in my life, in this past week, have I gone and said, no, nah, God can't be trusted with my weaknesses. I can't go and tell God that I can't really be bothered right now. But Elijah's done that. And instead of God saying... What are you want you you know I, I I'm your strength, stop complaining and belly aching let's go. he's actually saying he this is God responding to what elijah yeah, Elijah is saying, saying you're tired, okay, I've got next people that I'm about to pass the word to. you're tired, okay, come have some food, we'll talk, you're tired, okay, come see my light show, and then me and you're going to have a talk um.
5: Cool, nice point. Michael, Linnea, whichever it is. Yeah. <laughs> interesting. It's just being like Elijah event, like, oh God, like, I'm the last one left, you know, like, I can't, I can't do this, like, it's, it's over, like, this is it. And then God just kind of responds to him, like, in a way, that's quite interesting. So he, he basically just tells him the future, what's going to happen, and just reassures him. Um, and And it's also like, he also humbles them in a the way as well. It's always telling them, like, you know, this thing that you started, it doesn't end with you either. Like, I've got people, mm-hmm. people I've got people in there that will keep the course, that will take up, that will, you know, continue serving me and will continue trying to restore um, this, this nation, you know? So, yeah, so it, it, it's, it's really interesting, this type of
1: scripture. Sure. Yeah. Nice. All right. So um so yeah, you guys you guys hit on the head, right?
0: Um this is God's response. He's basically saying that it's gonna be all right, we're good. Um I've got as Ruben said, your replacement coming. Um like the work is still gonna be done. Your fears aren't justified. There are people still in Israel who believe in me and they're worshipping me that aren't worshipping bull. Um, we've got all of this. Like, Your fears aren't justified. I get your feeling this way, but don't worry. You're good, so let's go. Like, <laughs> you're, still, you're still my prophet. We're still on a mission. Yeah. Um, which tells us that even though if we perceive things to be wrong, Even if we think that no one's listening or the project that we had isn't going the way it's supposed to go or the people we're going to talk to didn't go the way it was supposed to go. As Michael just said, like you, you, the seed that you planted may not even be for you to to dig up and to harvest. You know, you may just be there to plant the seed. You may just be there to, to, because the next event that comes along is going to be the one that hits out of the park and you were just uh, planting the seed for it. Maybe like whatever it is that God is calling us to do, whatever talent that God has put put on our heart, you know, He just gotta trust that he is the one who is gonna put it all together. And it's not always the fact that, you know, things that are happening that we can't see or we think that things are failing or we think it's are going our way or people are thinking us a certain way. It's not always
1: and rarely is reality. Right, because that's what fear does. It makes a, a man like Elijah turn
0: into, turn into a su- suicidal, uh, fearful guy who's running away. So much so, right, that God restores him so much so that he goes in, he, he's the one who jumps into a fiery chariot and he's in heaven right now. The same Elijah that we're talking about. Right, so it can happen to all of us, it can happen to those who are strong in the faith and are raring to go. It can happen to those who aren't you know same way, and you know the 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 key is to do um as Elijah did, which is call on God, even if you have those suicidal thoughts, go to God and
1: he will give you as he did Elijah um that reassurance. Are there any other um points? Amen. Okay, but... I was on a point, but yeah. Any um, <laughs> cool. All
0: right. Um, should we should we say a prayer to close? I don't want to um go on too long, as as there's an AY program.
1: Um, so it's so
0: Um, Michael, do you
1: want to um say a prayer for us? Um, as we go. Yeah, sure thing, sure thing, um, let us pray.
5: Heavenly Father, we'd just like to thank you for this opportunity to be able to come together on your Sabbath, to study your Word. Um, as we looked at the book of First Kings and just learned the story of Elijah and how he was crippled by fear um, for a time, um, we live in a time, Lord, where we kind of, we think where things, we live in a life where sometimes things don't go, as we want them to. But we have to realize that you are the author and finisher of our faith. We have to trust in you and realize that, um, yeah, we, at the end of the day, we are the um, clay and you are, you are the model of us. Help us, Lord, just to, um, to not only have the faith and trust in you to be able to stand for you and to be able to um, go wherever you call us to, but um, I pray, Lord, that you'll help us realize that. Um, help us to see the bigger picture that it's not always about that and sometimes in what we go through in our, when we're going through fear, when, we're, when we feel guilt what we, what we see what we perceive as guilt or fear isn't normally it, it isn't the reality it isn't the reality help us to um, help us Lord just to see how you see ourselves like how you see us, which is, which is valuable, which is um, which is just people that help us just be the people that you call us to be. Help us not to fear, but help us, Lord, just to um, hold on to you no matter what happens. Um, I thank you for the study. I thank you for the people that led out, Bless every person that did and contributed. May you continue to be with us for the rest of this Sabbath. And may your Holy Spirit abide with us. Now in us. Narrow, brother, more. Lead us, name,
1: Amen. 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 Amen.